And welcome to the Chaos Corner podcast. My name's Steve. Yes, yes. My name's Donovan. Uh, today we've got, um, well, for me anyway, uh, quite an exciting show lined up for you. Um, but first of all, before we start the show, we'd just like to talk about the group for just one second and uh, and some thanks, I think. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely come up trumps, these guys. They really have. We are very appreciative of the initial feedback that we've been getting from uh, the podcast and people sort of messaging us. I've noticed now more and more people have gone back and listened to episode one because more people are throwing their intros at me. And and what was lovely the other day when I was talking to Donovan was I actually bumped into someone in a in a club who listened to the podcast, didn't know I was the host of it, and started praising it, which was quite cool. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he was quite, he was quite a formidable-looking fellow, yeah, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Someone that you wouldn't really mess with. Yeah. And he, didn't he kind of listen, overhear he, you talking about podcasts, and then... Yes, that was it. delved in. He delved in, started talking to me, and then started telling me how he'd listened to this podcast about some guy who was throwing up on tangerines whilst watching Terminator. Yes. And I yes, was like, that was, that was me. <laughs> so that was quite funny. Um, what are the chances? Yeah, I know. Well, what he, he, well, he does mix in similar circles, but so he, he knows people I know. And you didn't some, know him, though, did some, you? No, I didn't personally know him, no. But uh, someone had uh, shown him it, so there you go, someone I know. Anyway. It's spreading. We also have noticed that we've now surpassed the 200 members. Yes. The, yeah. Mark. Yeah, it's, it's going up all the time, uh, and that is nothing to do with us. No, it just seems to be growing, which is excellent, and uh, which we love. And as of today, I've noticed more and more people actually sharing their art. Amy Millard. Amy Millard, yeah. Big Sh- shouts to Amy. Amy Millard shared an absolutely brilliant piece of art today on a canvas that she'd painted, which is awesome. And that's the whole point of the group. And that's what we kind of just wanted to touch on a little bit. The whole point in this was to encourage others to sort of continue doing the things that they enjoy. Indie art, independent art, uh, independent artistic expression. That is what it's about. It's not about getting rich and famous. It's not about trying to kind of, you know, change the world with one piece that's going to kind of send shockwaves through society. It might do, but if you don't do it, it it can't happen. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't. So one of the things um, that I I mentioned it earlier today when I posted a little video was I'd like to try and encourage where possible people to pick up on old hobbies, maybe take up new hobbies. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things we wanted to discuss today was why do people give them up in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think there's many reasons for that. Um, I think we're going to differ quite a bit on opinions on this one. Is that what you think? Yeah. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, well, okay. At the end of the day, we are here for a finite amount of time, okay? So the one thing that connects us all is we all will pass on at some stage. So I'm quite greedy. Steve reckons he never will. No. I'm quite greedy. I like to... I'm, I'm greedy when it comes to what I... Uh, content that I... Do you mean, I take in, you know I mean? I listen to lots of different kinds of music and films. Um, I love looking at lots and lots of kind of differing kinds of art. Uh, and also, when I express myself in kind of artistic ways, uh, it depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in a musical mood, I might want to write a song... You know, I'm not saying they're any good, but I like to kind of yeah. gobble up everything that I can mm-hmm. while I'm here. Yes, you know. absolutely. And I think you're quite greedy too. Yeah, I, I, I do just have a go at everything, really. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, I just, I love trying new things as well. That's that's one of the, the most fun things in life is doing something and then finding out how terrible you are at it. Yeah. That's actually part of the fun. Um, but but it doesn't have to be scary either. No, exactly. Because yeah. I'm... I'm scared of everything. So <laughs> I, I chose writing because it's it's so kind of like uh, nondescript. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have to kind of like, I've been on stage, I've, I've done the music thing, I've done the lead singer thing. Yeah. I enjoy it, but travelling all around till, you know, 
certain times of night and blah, 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 blah. It kind of wasn't sitting with me anymore, but I've got a big imagination. Yeah. So writing is something that you can paint or create a very, very broad picture whilst in your pants, just sitting at home. You know what is I mean? That, is that how you wrote the books? Not, not <laughs> exclusively in my pants. I didn't, I didn't like kind of strip down right, just a, to write. Right, he's yeah. in his, Donovan's in his pants. It's book writing time. No, it wasn't like that, no? No, not quite, not quite. It wasn't like a ritual. Yeah. But it's, it's, something that, it's something that you don't have to be seen. You can be as anonymous as you like. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of sometimes for writers as to that kind of mystique. So it was just something that you can do very, very cheaply. You yeah. don't have to have a lot of equipment. Yeah. Um, it's just something that you can, you can let your imagination kind of run amok um, without leaving the house. Sort of, I guess. Sort of one of my... Th- not theories. It's not the right word, but... I. I I've never, ever, really ever given up on any of my aspirations, I suppose. I think mostly because I don't really have any other than I love to compete. So it doesn't matter what it is. I want to be the best at it. Um, I'm not particularly fussed, whether that's playing pool, snooker, boxing, running, jumping, whatever it is. Mm. I'm going to have a go. And it's actually the competition bit that I love. Yeah. Um, I think we differ in that sense, I think. It's that bit that I love. I don't... I don't... Do a, I don't do exercise, for example, because I enjoy exercise. In fact, I, I hate exercise. I think it's a really miserable thing to do, <laughs> although it, do, it is very good for you, obviously. But it's actually the training for competition that I enjoy. There being an end goal, something to win at the end of it. Um, but then I'm a bit like that with um, my music because, I, because of that sort of, I suppose, pent-up energy and aggression and you know that I need to sort of get out sometimes. I think that's what led me towards songwriting. Um, quite a young age, actually. I was writing songs from very early on. But the thing that gets me the most and what I talk about first is, 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 is why we grow up. Mm-hmm. We do these things. We get dead good at them. We turn 18, 19, 20, and then stop. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess you, you could say, if I was a very cynical man, that um, you might say that I am, is... <laughs> Was I that good at it or was I looking at kind of my talents or what I was doing through rose-tinted glasses? Yeah. You know, you look back at something. Let's say a recording that I did years ago, I thought me and my kind of bandmates thought, man, this is kick-ass. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I listened back to it recently. I was like, hmm, yeah, okay. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't as amazing as I thought it was. There is some cynics that could say that. Yeah. But the thing is, I think the point of this podcast today is the fact that that doesn't matter. No. It's the fact that it's a selfish thing. Yeah. You know, we're looking at art or kind of expression in general, whether yeah. it be movement or singing or writing or whatever it might be, as a kind of selfish thing. Yeah. That's what I think I'm coming from yeah. today. It's a selfish thing. It's, it's about feeding you. Yeah. And, I, and a funny thing is, and again, it doesn't matter whether you're doing it for fame and glory or whether you're trying to do it um, just because. Uh, I mean, I do all the things I do because I love doing them. It doesn't matter whether I ever make a penny from them. Mm. And, but one of the... It, this is, might be controversial. People might not like to hear this bit. Brace yourselves. <laughs> but the problem is with a lot of people is they don't continue to do the things that they want to do. Um, And they don't put themselves out there based on other people's opinions, which, in my opinion, just do not matter. And there's so many people... Surely your opinion doesn't matter then, does it? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But this is the thing. And the biggest culprits of this are actually spouses and parents... Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so, I can get on board with that. Because you, you look at it and you think the number of people... Like, I played you know, football for many years, for, for say, for instance, and I know a ton of guys who kind of got to mid-20s, late-20s, probably getting towards the back ends of their careers anyway, at late-20s, um, who suddenly sort of started settling down and whatnot, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they disappeared from the football pitch. We never saw them again. Okay. All right, seven or eight years later, we're all now playing football together again on a Sunday evening, seven aside. 
but it came down to oh, oh I've, I've, it started off with oh I can't met this one I've got to go out with with the oh, I've got to go out with the miss, missus and this one I've got and I've had the same thing in the past with previous relationships where they've met me I've been in a band and they've gone oh it's so cool you're in a band until they realise you've got to go out the house three times a week so you've got to go practice and then you've got to go do stuff and then they want to keep you all to themselves and lucky down and so there's that scenario which I think happens far more than people would ever like to admit. Okay. And I also think the other one is, um, and I know this, this is a personal friend, I won't mention the name, just in case they listen, they'll know who they are, but it's unfair to mention the name, who was an extremely talented swimmer. Like, could have gone totally all the way. Was breaking records left, right and centre. They quit. This is an Asian lady. She quit the swimming because Dad wanted to be a dentist. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know you get family pressure, you mm-hmm. get pressure from mm-hmm. other people. And she was like, and I said, I remember saying this when we were kids, because I was still playing, um, you know, sort of high-level football. I said, well, what do you want to do? She was like, well, I want to swim. That's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if I ain't a professional swimmer, I want to teach swimming and I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, dad wanted us to go to university and be a dentist. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a dentist? No, not in the slightest. Mm-hmm. But she went and did it anyway. And no, guess what I she does that. now for a living? Uh, I don't know. She's a dentist. Right. <laughs> I thought you was going to give like a massive twist <laughs> no, in the no, tail. No, no, no. She's a dentist <laughs> and she's miserable. She, she, she's a I, dentist for swimmers. She, she's, she, she's not miserable with the job and her no, lifestyle. No, 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 but, no. but she's there's, there's this, and I know this from speaking to her, there's this haunting could bit, it piece in the back of her head that huh? says, why didn't I carry on doing what the if? swimming? What if? And the thing yeah, I... No, I get that. The thing I don't want on the day I sit on my sort of deathbed one day and it's the only thing I worry about in life full stop is regret mm-hmm. and it's okay. why didn't I do that because let's face it your parents and other people around you they're not going to be around forever and in your life not, I don't mean like they're going to die but they just might not be in your life forever so that friend that told you oh stop it with your pipe dreams and you stupid you know mm-hmm. dancing around on a Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. if that's what you enjoy you do it because they don't have to wake up every morning and live your life exactly and no, I, 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 feel, I feel that too many people stop doing what they do probably more than any other reason because they're so scared about what other people's opinions like seem to matter to them more than their own opinion. Okay, I, I'm on board with that. I would say you're, you've just said something at the end there that I believe are two different issues. Go on. So what you said about... Okay, you have people in your life that whose opinion or you respect. Um, respect and fear can kind of tip into each other. Yeah. But uh, like peers, uh, teachers and parents... So, from the place of a parent, it's not always... I'm quite wary not to vilify a parent in this situation. Yeah. I get what you mean because you have to get up every yeah, day I'm and not, do the thing. I'm, I'm, and, yeah, yeah. and they only wanted the it's best a protectionism. for that person. Yeah, yeah they only want the best the for you, but it's, it's not always necessarily the best yeah. thing for that yeah. person. But the world of sport, um, performance, art, there's not a lot of space for everyone. No, so, absolutely. You know, it's not like it's not an admin job where yeah. there's loads and loads of, yeah. kind of positions. No, I for get it. that. So there's only so many people that can do it. Even if you're good, there's no guarantee no. that you're going to get to where you're earning lots of money or enough money to be secure. So but how parent, do you know? No, I get that. Yeah, I get do that. You know unless I think you, we're going to get to the crux yeah, of what we say. How do you know unless you get there is a compromise? Yeah, there is a compromise. So you don't have to go right. I'm going to throw everything out the window yeah. and just do this because. There is more hours in a day than you think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there is... It comes up, That comes yeah. on to my next reason. Yeah, so it's not always the, the person that is kind of steering you maybe into another direction that they may feel is safer isn't particularly the bad guy. And then the next thing you said was kind of fear of failure. Or fear of... Uh, well, fear of letting other people down. That's the thing yeah, I think that can that come people into are it. about the most. And it's, but it's you like said worrying opinions. about... Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, oh, if I do this, what will Dad think of me? Or if I do that, what will Kerry say, think of me if, if, if she knows I've, I've took this choice instead of going for that job or doing this? Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I, I did that. I did that early in my career. And now I'm at a position where I do something I bloody well love for a living now. And I could have done that 12 years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what really picked me off the most. <laughs> you could have done it at the time when you really did have kind of designs on being rich and famous. You could have been maybe rich and famous. Yeah. Just, but, we aren't, clearly. Yeah, but... But that's not why we're doing it. Yeah, but that's the exact... You know, yeah, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. But, you, but like you said earlier, you only get one go at this. You only get one life go at general, life in general. So you've got to give... You've got to just do things out of the love for doing it. I mean, um, when I was younger, I used to do more sport, but my passion was music. Me too. I think, I think that's where we always the, meet in the middle. And music I, is the one. And I did the sport... Because it was the more macho thing of the two to do. Yes. Because that's what other people around me were telling me to do. Mm -hmm. I would have dropped the football. Do you know the only thing I miss about football? I don't miss football at all. I don't miss playing. I don't miss the games. I literally only miss the lads Mm. and the camaraderie. Mm I don't, and the competition a bit, but... That's it, what a lot of ex-footballers say. They, they I don't miss... miss football per se. It could have yeah. been any sport. Mm. I know I'd have loved it. I don't miss football. It wasn't football. It's the interaction. And yeah, it was, it was the people. Camaraderie. And, and getting out of the house, like you mentioned last week, about getting out to the cinema and spending time with your friends. And, and I, think for, I think for me, it, it was the only way of letting out all of that energy and sort of excessive you know you've got a lot of energy yeah yeah, I've got a lot of energy so it was the only way for me to get that out but also some of the chats that we used to have you know with the lads you know you'd feel better about yourself when you left and then you'd go home in a much better mood and but I feel like too many people now get trapped into almost like a rut Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and then they don't do the things. And, and what this leads me on from what you just said, the number two biggest reason I believe people give up on their dreams is because excuses are just far easier to make than just getting off your backside and motivating yourself to do something. Yeah. When you do something you enjoy, you don't, you don't fear failing at it because exactly. failure isn't a concept, if that makes sense. Yeah. Failure isn't a concept. If you sit and go, right, I want... To uh, I want to write two thousand words. It's not I don't want to write a kind of best-selling two thousand words. Yep. I don't want everyone to love the two thousand words. You're doing it for yourself. Yep. Uh, it's like a little personal challenge. Yeah. I'm going to paint a picture. I'm going to paint a picture of this thing that I'm looking at right now, uh, and I'm going to make it the best that I can. No, I can make it. Uh, I'm not doing it to show it to anyone. Yep. And once you finish that. You feel good. Yeah. You just feel good. And if someone looks at it and goes, wow, that's really good. Yeah. You go, I feel even better now. Yeah. And then another person goes, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I tried something like that. Let me show you what I've tried. And that's how your community builds and that's how something like Chaos Corner starts. Yeah. Starts and then kind of continues itself without any kind of input from the creators. Exactly. And, and I think... Um, and I think what's really important is, you know, is to try new things and, and to just give things a go. And that's why I like what we're doing with the, the chaos community. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what we can call them. Um, is the fact that people, it's a, it, it ple- I want it to be a safe space. This is a safe place. Let's, let's critique each. <laughs> Not in a creepy way. Let's critique yeah. each other, but let's do it in, an, in, in a nice way that... You know, we can help each other improve on things. So, you know, one of the things I think as well um, that gets people is, is, is the excuses. I mean, I, I, the amount of people I hear that say the words like, they don't go to the gym, for example, because they don't have time. Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to go. It's not you don't have time. No, no, I don't have time. No, no, you do have time. <laughs> I don't. Right. Because we, we I don't actually, want to give time to and, the gym. And this is why this you is should boring. always do, you should do stuff that you want to do as opposed to what people expect you to do. Is because when I sat down with someone recently who I'm doing some coaching work with at the moment, and they said to me, they, they literally said those words, I don't have time. And whenever I hear those words, you know me and what I get up to, I wanted to just karate chop them in the throat because extreme reaction but there you go because at the end of the day i I work full-time i run several projects a record label so i'm managing other people's careers then i've got my own music career then i'm out gigging every weekend then i go play football i do boxing i've got a four-year-old daughter i've got a house to run i've got like three different businesses that i run at the same time if i'm finding the time to do all of that you got time to go to the gym for an hour. You don't hour. want to do it. You don't want to do it. Yeah. No, it, I get that. I get it's it. as simple as that. And, and it's, it's just so easy to make excuses. But the, the other thing as well is, is um, it, it's just, for me, I think more and more and more people are suffering with 
not necessarily more, but it's more reported and talked about, I think, mental health issues. And I've always really been a massive advocate of hobbies, not just sport, hobbies. Just general. And being creative as a really, really good mechanism for helping with mental health. And that's definitely helps me and has helped me in the past. I, I, and I think... And I think it's just so easy, though, for people to just go, oh, oh well, I didn't have time tonight, or, or I'll do it next time, or I'll do this, or so-and-so asked me. It, it's just excuses. I just want people to know. Do you know what gets me? I said this to you on the phone earlier, didn't I? If, if I could go back, if there's one thing I could say, if 34-year-old Steve could say anything to 19-year-old Steve, it would be... You shouldn't talk to yourself. It'll mess up the time continuum. <laughs> you know that, don't yeah, you? I do know that. Yeah, the world will implode. Yeah. Okay. But if there was anything you I could... nothing from, <laughs> from that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, there's, uh, if, if there was anything I could say to myself, it would be, mate, do you know how young I feel at 34? And I know I am young, but at 19, I felt like 34 was like, you're nearly dead. And, you know, it was like you're coming up to close to retirement age. That's how I thought I'd feel at 34 when I was 19. If I knew how young I felt right now, man, there's like a million more things I would have done. I get that. A million more. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And I, it, it's interesting you touched on mental health because I don't want to call you out here, but we, me and you, we've had conversations in the past. Yeah. And, uh, I make no bones about it, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say that I've had issues with mental health myself, mm -hmm. and I know that you have. Yeah. Uh, and for me, uh, we might touch on this a little bit more later on, but uh, some of my uh, kind of hobbies, let's say, or um, artistic expression that I like to kind of put across um, have been a little bit therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, and been advised by professionals to yeah. start, you know. I actually, so. I actually think that hobbies, above all else, forget... Forget, um, forget trying to be. I don't know. I, mean, I don't really know what we're talking about. Trying to be famous and stuff. But I think the main, the, the oh, main, really, no. the, the main point of it is, is um, people do give up their hobbies and do quit doing things. And and for some reason, for absolutely pointless reasons, and I find that crazy. You should always just do things you love, um, and, and and try wherever possible to do it as often as possible. Because if you do something that you love, um, and you do it as often as you can, you just can't tell you how much that has a massive impact on your health. Yeah. I, I Like you said, we, we're going to talk about these, our own personal experiences in a bit more depth in just a moment. Um, but, yeah, I, I just... I think the internet has played a big part, though. I think, I think the fact that we've got the Facebook page and we're trying to make it a nice community group where we all talk and encourage each other, but there's a lot of stuff on the internet that I think stops people... Oh, God, trolling, yeah. Trolling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tro people trolling people, just people generally being bullies online. People, I mean, do you remember I actually shared it to the group? I posted a recording that I did and I posted it into a country music group and some old guy, he just... Oh, he went at you, didn't he? He, he went at you hard. Oh, everyone else was posting, oh, this is brilliant. This is a great cover. He was uh, waiting this is for great. you. This is brilliant. This guy just went, this is utter shite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was just waiting. He was waiting. You but, know, like a Venus flytrap. He just lines <laughs> up and someone flies and he's like, oh, got you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, my reaction to it, my response to it, I think, actually, I had a few messages off a few people that said, you, uh, you know, you dealt with it well. You killed and, it with kindness. And I did, yeah. And I, and I actually just said, I just literally turned around to him and says, right, brilliant. I says, well, thanks for the constructive criticism first, like, as a joke. And then I said, well... It's country music. It's my take on it. Not everyone's going to like it. I already knew that before I put it out. So thank you for taking the time to actually listen to it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaving me a comment and... Uh, to yeah. Well, it was engagement and engagement boosts my rankings. So the fact that he watched it and commented on it actually really helps me. So The thing is, does, does it, I don't know how Facebook or all that, that kind of stuff works, but doesn't it... If someone comments, yeah, yeah, likes or dislikes, it's that means there's more chance that another person's going to see it. Yes, absolutely. So, so he helped... Thank you, buddy. Yeah, you helped promote me. And I think if you can start to try and look at things that way, I think that really helps. I think obviously having kids as well, you know, life does get in the way a bit. But I think if you're with, I think if you're with the right people and you're with the right partner, because that is so important. I can't even get that one out. No, I hope there's not like 12 divorces in the morning in the chaos corner. But like, right, I'm out of here. Stephen Diamond said that you're holding me back. <laughs> No, uh, no we that's don't. not what we're saying. But if that is an issue in your relationship, then you should seek counselling. Um, 
but it's oh, I've unplugged me my me headphones. It's all right, leave it like that. I prefer it that way. <laughs> so yeah, we. Um, I, I just I just think more people should just do what they enjoy, do what they love, and I think they will be healthier for it. I think they'll have more enjoyment out of it. And also, if you do have children. I mean, Miley, my daughter now, she's getting involved in stuff. She loves music. She likes doing stuff like that. She's, she, she, she goes, she's been to boxing. I mean, she's a four-year-old girl and she likes boxing. She's into loads of boy stuff. But she's, she, lo- she loves stuff. That, and, and kids imitate. It's like people say, well, all these kids are all on their tablets all the time. Well, the reason they're on their tablets all the time is because mum and dad are on their tablets all the time. Oh yeah, they, they no, no, imitate. They imitate. They imitate the parents. So if you're out there doing stuff as well, you, I, I feel like that that's a good example. If 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 the little one knows that mom's going out to yoga on a Monday evening and dad's going out to boxing on a Tuesday night and music on a Saturday or whatever, it becomes like a cultural thing within the house where it's like, oh, it's really good to go out and do stuff like that and go and socialise and actually meet people and do mm-hmm. stuff because not enough young kids are doing that. So I think, if anything, we could also set a really good example for the little ones. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Save the children because they are the future uh, <laughs> and all that. Um, my, so, my, my little three-year-old, he is yep. very into music and we're just going to cultivate that. He loves football as well. However, um, I must say, kind of a bit of a disclaimer, it's, it's hobbies... It doesn't have to be creative or artistic no, expression. Just we anything. Were, we are like creative people. We, we're into that kind of thing. Hence the podcast and the group, yeah, uh, and the page that we run. Um, but hobbies, it doesn't have to be. They could be cycling. It could be as long as it's not criminal behaviour. Uh, we can't endorse that. I'm afraid. No, no. If, if, it, uh, although I'm sure it's fun. Sometimes. I don't know. It depends on what you're into. Yeah, but yeah. No, no. But as long as it's legal uh, and it's not destroying yourself or anyone else, yep. then hobbies are just hobbies. It could be knitting, it could be cycling, it could be, I don't know. You're saying knitting's not an art? It can be an art form. Mate. Well, no, no, no. If you're going to pull me up on that, <laughs> if you're going to pull me up on that, Mr. Steveman, <laughs> I'm going to pull you up on, oh, she likes boxing, she's into boy stuff. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you know, but no, no, I'm sorry, I had to rewind that. Yeah, go back. He did say it. I did so say. It. I, I did say. It's it. not fall out. And, yeah, and, and, and the only reason, the only reason I say that is because obviously, you yeah, know, we, female boxers <laughs> taking pot shots at <laughs> yeah, you in yeah. the street. No, but it's great. I mean, I, the boxing gym that I go to is probably seventy percent female now. I mean, there's like there's more girls there than there are blokes, and I think that's great. But that's also one of the th- reasons why I think it's important that you you're out there doing stuff yourself because. Mm. You know, the kids now want to get involved in stuff. Um, like today, um, I mean, the one thing we've noticed massively since she did that, uh, the boxing session, is because it was full of lads and she was the only girl in that sure, particular class. Sure. Her confidence levels have gone through the roof. Did she knock uh, a couple out, did she? And she, she, was, <laughs> she wasn't, no, they're not allowed to do that yet. Okay. They're only four. Um, but the, it, her confidence levels have increased and her social skills oh, yeah. have escalated. Like, you go to school in the morning, you can see that she's really, like, you know, talk to all the kids, you know, talk to them all. But also as well, when she goes to a swimming lessons like today, there's six kids in her swimming class, five of them are boys, and there's Miley on her own again. But It's not phased her at all. But she talks to them, she's yeah. not phased by it, she doesn't find it intimidating. And for me, that's really encouraging for when she grows up because she'll, she'll, I know she'll be able to go to new things where she doesn't know anyone, join new groups join new teams or join new hobby groups or whatever it is. Yeah. And I know that that then is not going to be an issue, but it's down to hobbies initially, I think, that helped that sort of level of confidence grow. Well, it allows interaction, doesn't it? Yeah. Unless your hobby is a lone hobby. Yeah. Um, however, like again... What? Like writing. Oh, yeah, that way, yeah. So I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was going darker than that, but go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to know what that is. Can that be a hobby? But, but, yeah. uh, no, at the end of the day, um, social interaction is at the heart of most kind of pastimes. Yeah. Um, even with writing, you have kind of writing groups, yep. reading groups. Um, There's a photography group going on right now next door to us. As, as we speak next door, exactly. And those people look really happy because they've got, they've got two massive cakes what? Oh, yeah, they've got two really... B- I think that's why they're happy, because of the cake. I think we're in the wrong room. <laughs> oh, yeah. So got we, we don't have a cake. Mm. So, yeah, with hobbies come cake and coffee as well. So that's always That's good. awesome. That's yeah. the best thing about the camera group. Free squash. 
<laughs> uh, do you know what? I would have happily joined that camera group as well. Do you remember when that lady came in and, on the first episode when we were doing the, the podcast from the yeah, kitchen? Yeah. I quite love the kitchen. I think we should do another podcast from the kitchen one time. The sound quality was perfect. It was great. Um, but yes, when she, when she came in, I, I ended up just talking for like nearly an hour with all the people about which cameras were better, Nikon and Canon, and then I threw into the mix that I used Sony's and they all looked at me like they all wanted to find the knife drawer and do me over. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we're rambling now, aren't we? So. We are. Anyway, okay. so, we've kind of hit halfway mark. Already? Ish, ish, yeah, ish, near enough. Um, we want to just get into some little bits now. We're going to kind of interview each other. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, we'll see you in a mo. Uh, to the second half of the podcast um so what i thought um to do really is chaos corner in general uh, at its conception was we wanted it to be as soon as possible not about us mm-hmm. that's a lie i wanted it to be all about me and my writing work originally yes and as, as i said uh, previously that didn't work out which is fine <laughs> however However, uh, this is more exciting to me. Uh, so what we both agreed to uh, was to make a community where it kind of runs itself mm-hmm. and it's getting there and I'm really happy about that. Uh, however, um, I've had a few people ask me questions about me and you know my, my kind of amateur career, creative career. So I thought it might be best to get this out of the way early and give you a little bit of information about us. Um, there's some things about Steve that I don't know, uh, some things about how his kind of formative years and how he ended up, because he's done a lot of stuff in his life. Uh, I don't know how he fits it all in. He doesn't sleep, though, so you've got an extra eight hours on everyone else, to be <laughs> that fair. That is true. Um, so there's some stuff I want to know about him, and there's just, like, quite a few things he doesn't know about me. So we'll take this time, right the early kind of uh, formative uh, podcast, to just give you a quick bit of information about us, uh, and then that'll be it. And hopefully it's interesting. I can't promise anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Steve Nunn. Yellow. What are you? (laughs) (laughs) What is you? Do you know what? Somebody just uh, messaged me uh, before we set out to come and do this podcast today. And his message to me was, yo... How is the busiest man I've ever met doing right now? That's that's well put. And that yeah, seems that to well. be like the general concept of me that I'm just this crazy busy buddy. Mm. Um, what am I? First, what's the top thing? Oh, uh, the first thing. Horse? No. <laughs> By that <laughs> I would I would categorise myself as dad, partner. And then just crazy busybody second, okay. um, because there's no top thing. No, whilst I'm into lots of different things and I like to work on lots of different things, I'll drop everything for family. We live a quite a tight knit family. Um, you are Italian, though. It's in the well, family. it's in the it's, family. It's in the blood. You respect the yeah. family. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's in the blood. So. Um, I'm not personally Italian, but yeah, you get, you get, <laughs> yes, uh, Italian uh, leanings. Buongiorno. Uh, that's all I know. Well, I know a few naughty words. Anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, I would, no, you digress. I, I think <sighs> we go back Horse to, again. We, go, we go back to Terminator. I don't know how to answer this question. What am I? Right, no, no, I was joking. No one's ever no, asked me no, what no, I am before. No, there, there is a bit of a cyborg. There's a real question I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know that you. <laughs> Originally, kind of ventured out in a career in football, mm-hmm. and you're a good footballer. I know that an injury, yeah, kind of put a few injuries, of, yeah, yeah, put paid to that. Uh, I've always wanted to ask what you had an accident, didn't you? Yeah, and was that the main? I'd already got dodgy knees before then, um, and that just didn't help. Um, so the accident kind of finished that off. I still played for many years, like after that. All right, okay, accident. yeah, that was um, But I could never get back to, I could never get back to the same level without the pain. Sure. And, and all the enjoyment just got sucked out of it for me. Okay. And I've got to be honest, like I said earlier, football wasn't necessarily my, my biggest passion. Um, never was. Secret, it was always music. Secretly, it was always music and dance. I mean, I, I was a, a danced and competed I as a dancer. I was going to ask about this yeah, next. Yeah. Yeah. I competed as a dancer for quite a few years. Mm. Um, not like on any sort of serious level, but like it was something I loved 
modern football. Um, but again, it was just going back to them old days of which one was more macho. Let's do that one. Um, so I did the football more. Uh, so yeah, so no, I've, I think I'm. What am I? Going back to that question is, is I am just someone that just loves life. Um, and I love, oh, sorry, I love opportunities and I just love doing new things. I just, yeah, I think that's probably why I'm so busy. It's mm. not, in fact, that's not actually the reason I'm so busy. Um, the reason I'm so busy, I'm busier now than I've ever been. Uh, since maybe the age of 28, I'm a bit way busier. And I go, the reason I brought mental health up in the first place was because if I'm left alone with my thoughts, with nothing to do for too long, Bad things happen. It starts turning dark quite quickly. Yeah. And it's still to this day. Um, this is one thing that we definitely have in, in com yeah. common. Yeah. So. And and if I'm left with my own thoughts, I, I will literally start thinking quite bad things, like about myself and yeah, it's weird. I can't explain it. I don't know why I get it. And then when the suggestion of medication um, was suggested to me, I was like, no, sorry, no. And it was actually, <clears throat> it was an interview with Stephen Fry. Uh, probably, yeah, about, maybe I was about 27. I saw an interview with Stephen Fry, whose type of depression sounded... I, I've never been diagnosed with yeah, you've depression. There's things that you recognised yeah, in what he was, was saying. There were things that I recognised in what he was saying that I went, that's me? Um, and one of the things he said that he, that one of his ways of dealing with it was simply every time these bad thoughts started to occur or started feeling bad, he'd dive into a book or he'd dive into a, a bit of research or he'd research stuff, which is why his general knowledge is so ridiculous. Occupy his mind. Yeah, occupy his mind in some way. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll kind of try that and I'll, um, I will just start doing stuff. Um, and I was like that even in my early 20s, um, but not, not quite so bad. And it got worse as I got older. So I found that just doing things was a great way for me to shut all the other stuff out that I didn't like, uh, to shut it out. But, yeah, and things have kind of just amalgamated and come and grown from, from that, really. So all the good stuff that's happened to me over the last sort of 10 years has actually been a result of a sort of mental health issue. Yeah, kind okay. of, yeah. Okay, well... So it turned uh, a negative into a positive somehow. Yeah. And the thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, for you guys listening, um, the way we met is that we worked together um, and we no longer work together uh, and Steve no longer works for an employer. He's moved to the next level. So Yay. he works for himself. So um, anyone with maybe designs on wanting to do something creative uh, and make a living out of it. Steve is a very good example of the fact that it can be done because um, I'm not there yet. I'm kind of nowhere near at this stage. Ooh. I'm on the kind of having fun level at the moment still. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what's happening at the moment. But uh, I'm sure there, are, there may be listeners out there that might want to want and maybe a few kind of pointers on how you managed to do that and kind of cut free from the shackles of uh, working for someone, maybe, you know? I think the thing is, with me, is, and in a weird way, this piece of advice this person gave me was meant to stop me from thinking like this, but if anything, it fueled it. I worked in recruitment for many years, probably most of my working career, as did you, um, and I was always on the computer trying to do other stuff <laughs> on the side, you know, whilst I was at work, because obviously I didn't enjoy what I was doing. Um, so I'd always be trying to sort of build, side hustles. build my little empire outside of work. And at the time that was like my music career and stuff. And I was with a band that was doing really well and, and stuff like that. And I was starting to produce music for people like on a very regular basis. Um, and I was starting to earn money from that, got into making videos, started making some money from that. And I started going, hmm, this actually can make some money. Um, and, and, and my boss at the time, great bloke, loved him to bits, um, best boss I've ever had. He kept saying this thing to me about, because I wasn't eating targets at the time, and it was because I really couldn't, really deep down couldn't be bothered. Um, I was doing the bare minimum just to keep getting paid every month, as you do. And it was because the back of my head was just, I don't, I'm fed up on making other people money. That was the big thing. That was one of the big drivers for me. And being, and being competitive, I always wanted to be the top dog. So I was just like, if I'm not the boss, then I'm not interested. Sure. Um, well, and 
he said something to me over and over and over and over and over and, uh, about my career and why I could be better in my career. And he kept saying this thing, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. But I'd always done a day job and I'd always always done the right thing and I'd always worked for the man and I'd already done this and I'd already done, and I followed all these bloody rules. So the only thing I hadn't done was gone, no, nah, I'm out. I'm what going. he was saying was a self, uh, self-fulfilling self prophecy, isn't it? So he yeah. was saying, I think what he was trying to do is like kind of motivate you to do more in the actual Workplace. box that you were in. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he managed to, well, he didn't realise unwittingly, he'd given you a more profound message. Yeah. Possibly. So, so one of the great things about when I then moved on to my next employer, which was where we met was um, I moved into a sales role again, didn't particularly enjoy the sales aspect from it, but I was generating lots of leads through the internet. Um, and when I was marketing, asked, really yeah, marketing that. kind of, but I was doing it on my own, sort of off my own back at the time. Um, and I very quickly realized after a couple of conversations with the directors that I could sort of reverse engineer this position here into a role that doesn't actually exist at the company, which was a marketing position, which allowed me for the very first time to be paid to be creative. I was creating videos for the company. I was creating photos for the company. I still worked for someone, but I was doing something I loved. And and sure, and, and sure. I think that's the first step. It, it doesn't. I'm not saying to people, you've got to like just go, right, boss, I'm out. Mm. See you later. Yeah. I'm off. Or, I've just created myself a position. Yeah. Um, my terms are thus. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I was able to do was I was able to display a skill that I had and, and turn around to them and, and say, and, and say look, look I've, I've, I've got this skill. I love doing this more than anything. If you put me in that job, I will give you everything. I will do my best. You know, that I will get, you'll get everything out of me. And I did. And for the next sort of two, three years... I, I really enjoyed doing that role. It was only when I started getting really quite good at it that I, I started realising I could do this for myself. Mm. And for more than just one company from home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I've got multiple clients now where I've run marketing campaigns for them. I get quite creative. I get to make videos for them and I get to do all that kind of stuff. And it, it is stressful. Don't get me wrong. It's more stressful than when I was employed uh, because if you don't sell and you don't get the work in, you don't get any money and you don't get fed. Yeah, so, and you've got mouths to feed like yeah, everyone else. Yeah, so. exactly. But it's actually with that, that pressure actually that drives me. Yeah. Um, I think you've got to have an appetite. I think if you, if you do want to, if you want to do anything that's in the creative arts and you want to do it for money, it is possible. You can do anything. I mean, you can take pictures. You can of you. these days. You can take pictures of your dogs and make them a Facebook page and make money from it nowadays. That's, that's the thing. That's where we've, that's where we've come to. Well, it is. But it's good. But it is. I guess. It, the, the opportunities are out there and just more people need to know what they are and how to use them. Sure. Because uh, I don't want... want to, we talk about all the bad things about Facebook, but Facebook has to be the number one driving factor behind the number of startup businesses in the country because it's, it's ultimately at the time, at the beginning, it was a free platform that allowed you to display your work, which eventually got you work. I mean, I actually got my first ever paid video job um, from a friend of mine was wanted to do a music video. I just bought my first proper sort of semi-professional type camera. And I went, I'll shoot a music video for you. I'll do it for free. So I did a music video for him. We put it out. We just popped it up on Facebook and YouTube and stuff and shared it on the Facebook. Uh, and all of a sudden, someone went, oh, how much do you charge for music videos? And I went, uh, 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 I, I don't. Um, let me come back to you on yeah, that. I don't. Check, check, so, check, so check. I literally check, went, I, I just said, I just plucked a figure out there. I just spent 100 quid, right? I did a music video. Now, that music video I did was for a band called Voodoo Sue. Brilliant, great friends yeah. of mine now, right? Brilliant band as well, guys, if you want to check them out. They've been doing it for years and years and years. But I said yes to that opportunity. And when they asked me, could I do it? I had to admit this now because they're going to hear it, possibly. Um, when they asked me, could I do this? Could I do that? I said yes. And then massively panicked because I actually didn't know what I was doing. And then just literally when I blitz on YouTube, when I find out how to do a bunch of stuff. So I'd already said yes to the opportunity. I was already happy to take some money from them. And I actually really wasn't that confident about being able to put together Well, that's the, the sales entrepreneurship <laughs> yeah. kind of out in you because you always say, if they say, can you do this? You yeah. say yes but, and figure out how to do it after. But in the back of my head, though, my thinking was, well, if they don't like it, I'm going to give them the money back. So yeah, that was yeah. that was my thinking. No harm, no foul. So, yeah, yeah, so I went and said it. Anyway, we did the video. It, it turned out great. 
turned out really good. And lo and behold, the drummer of that band just happened to be related to someone really famous. And about two years after, I'm sat in uh, my recruitment office in Birmingham um, and I get a phone call from the tour manager from Judas Priest going, we'd like your company. Bearing in mind, we wasn't really a company. It was just me and a mate that occasionally helped me out. We'd like uh, like you to come shoot a video for Judas Priest um, at the Gdansk Stadium in Poland next weekend. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah, of course we can. Yeah, hundred pounds is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what? Do you know what we charged? I don't know. No. Three. I think it was like three hundred quid. But you got your expenses nothing, and you got that experience. But they, they, they paid for our guys to oh, get over there, sure stay in a hotel, get to meet the band and stuff like that, and then come back. And for me, it wasn't about the money. It's the experience. It, it, it was the name and the profile. It was yeah, the profile. The profile yeah. It was the profile. So. Going back to your original question, if you how do you want to do it? There's two things you've got to take into account. First of all, you've got to start. That's the key. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> because I was doing this for ages as a side job, a second job, whilst working full-time for seven years straight. So I was doing 16, 18, 20-hour days, like leaving work, going straight to a video shoot, doing the video shoot, then going to work the next day, then coming home, then doing the editing, then the next day I'd come home, then I'd go and do a video shoot, and, and that would just repeat for seven years. I worked like a lunatic for seven years to get to this point, um, and I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. Mm. So there's two things. One, you've got to start. If you don't start doing something, you ain't never going to get anywhere. Um, and even if you're just learning something new for the first time, you're never going to get good at it unless you actually physically start doing it. And the second one is, and I say this all the time because obviously you know now I've run a record label, is I get people say to me all the time, Steve, I, I really, really want it. And I'm saying to them, look, unless you want to physically bleed through the eyeballs for it, you don't really mean that you want it. Mm. Okay. And that's how much you've got to want it for it to work. And, and, and that is just my truth. You might be more talented business person than me. You might just go, boom, they do overnight. And then you've, yeah, created a idea, there you you, you've created a success. But for me, it was a long slog. Mm. I've been quite unhappy for some time, but knowing that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Unhappy for a good reason or on the path that you wanted to be on. So what I did essentially is I took two really bad situations, sort of the issues I was having in my head and the issues I was having in my job. I was both unhappy about both of those situations, but I came uh, very quickly to the realisation that the only person that was going to change any of those things for me was me. Yeah. And that was it. And I just stopped relying on other people and just went lone wolf. <laughs> what a sign off. There you go. Thank you very much. I think I know you a little bit better now. Yeah, there you go. See, a lot of people think that I started doing all this kind of stuff because I'm naturally confident and really happy go lucky and I want to do stuff all the time, but it's not. It's actually quite the opposite. Mm. Yeah, it's because I wasn't that actually, I wasn't really in the right place and that actually led me to it somehow. Yeah. No way, I'm really confident. I'll have a go at anything now. Yeah. So, Mr. Donovan. Hello. Ask you, ask you the same. Well, a slightly different question is because t- to me you're slightly more res- well, say slightly more. Almost everybody's slightly more reserved than I am because um, I'm a bit eccentric nowadays. Uh, <laughs> but what interested me actually is because of your musical background mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, I could see why you might get into writing because mm-hmm. obviously you write lyrics or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the the book that you wrote. Mm-hmm. I would never have put you down as writing that book. Mm. A lot of people say that. It's quite pleasing. <laughs> uh, and a bit insulting as well. No, <laughs> you don't think I can write a book? No, no, no. No, no I don't no, think no, I can. No, write a book just from mm. listening to you talk and, yeah. like, around the office. Stuff. I knew you'd, you know, as an author, you'd, you'd have great ideas. But it's that book. Mm. I mean, that, that the story that was involved yeah. in it. It was like, yeah. where did that come from, from within Donovan? Yes. No, no, okay. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, there, there may be some listeners to the podcast that have read the work. Um, a bit of history, I guess. I've always written. Um, musical family. Uh, so my dad's a bass player. Um, my uncle was like a kind of award-winning break dancer on my mom's side as yes. well. So that's pretty cool. He's awesome. Still got the pictures and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, my dad and his brothers were all in a band. My granddad was the lead singer. It was a very low-rent Jackson 5s based in <laughs> Birmingham. Uh, but it was all reggae music. Um, yeah. So I grew up around music. Um, I had family members, uncles, aunties, dad, very eclectic. 
Um, so I've grown up loving rock, uh, loving hip hop, gangster rap, love gangster rap, jazz funk. So you kind of, I've got quite a broad kind of taste. So started out in bands at college, school, college. Uh, I always wrote the songs for the bands. Mm. Um, I was always kind of the lead singer because um, I, I could sing in tune, let's say. I'm not saying I'm a, a brilliant singer at all. So then, um, so I've always had, I've always written. It was always very short form songs, poems, stuff like that. Um, and it's quite interesting what you say about mental health um, because um, I actually went to uni and studied film studies um, and drama. So I've been in a few theatre like mm. kind of productions as well. I've been yeah. in a few short films. So it was more acting um, and singing and writing songs. I never had designs on being an author of any sort. I always enjoyed reading. Um, and then tragedy struck struck when I was in my mid twenties. Uh, I lost a very close family member very suddenly. Um, and again. That's when the mental health thing yeah, kicked yeah. in, really. Yeah. Um, anxiety, uh, which I still battle with yeah. on a kind of daily-ish basis. It's not as strong as it used to be. Yeah. Um, and then the getting over that, I guess, um, I was told that just sitting and writing mm-hmm. could be therapeutic. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Uh, it didn't turn out to be Chaos Engine at that time. Yeah. Um, but the idea behind Chaos Engine uh, was an idea that I've had in my head since I was about 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. So going to uni and doing film studies and doing drama, Yeah. Um, I think in a broad sort of way, I, th- I, I, I thought, Legitary. yeah, it, it's going to be a Hollywood movie, this is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it when still I, might be one day. When, when I became 30-odd, <laughs> I realised that I'm, I'm probably... 30-odd. Yeah. No, no, no. When I became over 30, I realised that I'm not going to be a big shot movie director. So I just thought, you know what, I just sat and started writing. So I just sat and started writing one day. um, And that's what came out. And it surprises me still sometimes. Mm -hmm. So just showed it to my best friend at the time because I was going to show it to no one else. And he went, I never swear on this podcast, but he went, fuck, that's really good. <laughs> he went, where did that come from? Yeah. He said, that's really intense. I said, well, I like to write kind of like I'd see it in a movie. Yeah. Because that's the way I always saw it. Yeah. And that's what everyone says about it. I can see it being a movie. Yeah. Showed it to another friend. And then that's the way it grew. It was the same with your Vindicta short story. The one piece of work you've read, Stephen, nice I read work. all the way through. <laughs> all the way, all no, the no. way through. You have read parts of Curse. I have read most yeah. of it. I think I'm only about five pages off finishing it. Sorry. I just... Just finished it. I, I mean, anyway. Move, I, I moved house and stuff. And you did that, move house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vindicta, I guess. Uh, I'm very visual with my writing. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. No, yeah. no, it really does. Because I'm the same with how I write my songs. I'm always yeah. thinking about the music video first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way I write. That's the only way I know how to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if... I don't, I'm not skilled... Uh, and I'm not trained in writing, but I write like I'm watching scenes yes. in a movie. Yeah, and that's the way I put my work together. It's a bit unconventional when some people read it because it's in a lot of parts. Yeah. So you go to one scene and then flick to that's the other That's kind scene. of what I liked about it. Yeah. Because yeah. my, I think my, because of my, <laughs> I don't know if it's ADHD or what, but if something goes on for too long, it loses my attention, whereas the book held my attention for longer because it, it was jumped. fleeting it and switching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that irritates some people, I get that. And it's yeah. not for everyone, yeah. but that's the way I write. I'm a little bit kind of kinetic. So, okay, right, that would be going on. Whilst this is happening. While this yeah. is happening, so I'm going to go to that and then leave that there and go to that. And it, uh, Some people find it infuriating because they want the thing. It's called a cliffhanger. Yeah, they want to be told what's going to happen, but yeah. then I'll jump to another scene. So. Yeah. But yeah, personally... Keep some um, reading. Yeah, well, it seems to have. Um, personally... The writing was a bit of a surprise. It didn't start until about 2014. Um, I did it. I sat and said, wow, I'm never going to be able to do that again. Do you know what? I thought it was a fluke. I remember when you sort of wrote it, you, you kind of, you'd put it out or you'd must have already had it's it out for a while. You, yeah. you already had it out for a while. And then one day, like, so we've been talking for like months and all of a sudden you were just like, I was like, what are you doing, um, Donovan? Over his shoulder at his computer. I was like, oh, I'm just sorting out um, uh, some stuff for my book. 
I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't broadcast it that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was you originally. Uh, Steve had a lot to do with, um, as you know, because we're doing this as a partnership, had a lot to do with Chaos Corner, Chaos Engine, Chaos as a brand. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was yourself, your kind of marketing brain that went, okay, you need to be pushing this better. Yeah. Because, and I think you criticised me, you said, for a start, I've been working with you for months and months and months and months <laughs> and no one knows you've written a book. Yeah. What is that about? <laughs> well, it's just a hobby. You're like, no. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to sell it or not? Yeah. You either want to sell it or it's just a hobby that you're never going to tell anyone about. You can't yeah. be both. No. Nah. And I remember you saying that to me. Yeah. So I think that's, that's kind of what, how this thing yeah, grew, yeah. really. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, is there's still plenty of time to sell the book. It's not like you've got to sell a million copies today. It, it might be 10 years' time. It, pop, oh, yeah. it pops. Look at, it's going back to the thing that you enjoy. Look at box sets. Yeah. Look at box sets. Yeah. It took, how many years it took for Breaking Bad to actually make it big. Yeah. It was out for years before anyone mm-hmm. knew what it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's still, there's still time. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. always my message. I'm not in a rush. Yeah. I'm not in a rush. We're still whatsoever. dead young. I mean, you're in your sort of mid to late 30s, aren't you? So <laughs> You're always going to bring that up. I'm 38, okay? I'm 38. Three and eight. Yeah, that's why I don't understand why people don't just say their age. It's always a bit like a bit of a taboo about how old no, they are. No, I don't care. You're young as hell. I'm alive. Yeah? <laughs> I'll take that. But are you, you know what I mean? Like I said earlier, though, don't you feel a lot younger now at 38 than you thought you would when you were 20, thinking, oh, my God. Imagine being 38. I won't be able to do anything. It depends on the time of day. (laughs) (laughs) I am a father to a very active toddler. So sometimes I really do feel 38 to 45. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because it's subjective, isn't it? Mm. The younger you are. I couldn't... I remember um, when my parents went into their mid-30s. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, remember my yeah, mom yeah, yeah. saying, oh, the big 3-0. Yeah. She was eight years younger than I am now. Yeah. That's terrifying. <laughs> she was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And I remember her saying the big 3-0. And I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, 30. That's old, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it's but, all, it's, it's, it's in the eye. Well, but but the, the science fiction thing, like, okay. I mean, mm, where's, yeah. where's that coming from? I don't know. Because I don't have you down as a science fiction type of person. Science fiction Yeah, because you don't really... In all the times we were talking about stuff, you talk about music, you talk about funk and rock and all this other stuff, Mm -hmm. movies and all that kind of stuff, never mentioned anything sci-fi really to me at all. I mean... Yeah, yeah. So so when I read the book, I was a bit surprised as to the content. I was like, all right, that's, that's a bit of an oddball. Well, but, you know, like, I wasn't expecting that at all, and that kind of opened up a new dynamic. I was like, that, that's what makes it more interesting. I think it depends on what kind of sci-fi you're talking about, because some of my favourite films are sci-fi films, but they're not... Aliens. Space and stuff. operas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not big on fantasy. Yeah. And I'm not big on the whole space opera. I, I'm going to be careful what I say here because I'm treading on very dangerous ground. Yeah. I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. It's okay. I was I've just said it. It, it, it. I don't hate Star Wars. I'm not a massive fan, so I wouldn't write in that way. I don't like him. I, uh, <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> I am very much uh, more Philip K. Dick, don't I? Um, um, <laughs> Minority Report. Um, let's think. Uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Film Noir. Yeah, grounded yeah, sci-fi yeah, yeah. Uh, so like a detective story in a sci-fi setting yeah, yeah. and that's what very much if you read Chaos Engine you know where my um, where I get my kind of inspiration from yeah. it is that kind of crime thriller with sci-fi going on around it mm-hmm. it's not in space and it's not in a thousand years time Yeah, yeah. you know it's not worlds yeah, yeah. Uh, destroyer of worlds and all that it's, it's all that's, that's great don't get me wrong but I can't write in that way. No. I write small. Yeah. And quite lean. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, but that's... Uh, but isn't that the that's way... That's the sci-fi I enjoy. It, isn't that the way a lot of content in the world has gone, though, now, anyway? I mean, people want stuff and they want it quick and they want to consume it quick and then they want to move on to the next thing. So isn't actually writing something short... Get to the point. You know, you, the, the vindictive, going, going back to that, do you know what I, I found most fascinating about that was how intense it got, how quickly how it still managed to have like two or three twists in it and it's only like five pages long or something. Mm-hmm. 
And you listen to a thousand words. See, I, I edit videos mm-hmm. and I find it more of a skill to edit a really short video than I do a really long video. Okay, yeah. You've got uh, more to work with, haven't you? We've well, so. got more to work with and you've got more time to sort of tell the story. So actually doing it of a shorter story, to me, I don't know anything about writing, but that me to me, <laughs> but that to me would say, but that's the point, isn't it? And that kind, of, that kind of gets us nicely onto what we were talking about in the first place. You had a go at it. Short stories were something that always scared me. Yeah. But again, like yourself, I thought, okay, I've written a novella. I've written something that's 47,000 words long. I didn't imagine myself doing that. Yeah, and then someone went. Someone I didn't know that is in that industry. He's an illustrator. He said, "He said I really think you should be writing short stories because it's a really good exercise for writers." Mm-hmm. Um, I went, "Well, it's just it's like five hundred to a thousand words. That's too." He went, "No, try it," and I couldn't do it. I could not really? do it. I would imagine how, it would be really hard. How can you start a story and end it in that few words? <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of reading. I had an idea that I thought could be wrapped up, but it took me. It took a long time to write such few words. If that makes mm. sense. But, Eventually, yeah, I had a go, and I think kind, it kind of worked. It kind of inspired me a little bit, though, from the vindictive thing, because what I actually wrote a song not long ago, and I like to write songs that tell stories as opposed to just writing any old just lyrics thrown together. Yeah, it's like um, "Come Together" by the Beatles, as we mentioned the other week. Um, oh, like, well, great I, intro! Complete I, nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to write stuff that's got some kind of meaning to it. And I actually thought there was one in particular. I looked at it and I thought, well, actually, if I strip that back, if I strip the bare bones of that story of that song back, that's a short story there. I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have a go at it, and I might do over Christmas. I might decide to have a stab at doing some writing. It'll probably be awful. My grammar will be terrible, that I can already guarantee you. Um, <laughs> My grammar's not the best, to be um, But I'll, I'd still happily put it out and see what people think. Yeah. So what's interesting, um, that we've just told two quite different stories and pathways. Um, neither of us are anywhere near there yeah i think that's fair to say um but we like to surround ourselves with like-minded people hence chaos corner uh it's enjoyable sharing ideas hence Mm -hmm. chaos corner um but i think at the at the root the stories are quite similar yeah therapy yeah and it's a broken mind and in a in a weird (laughs) in a weird way obviously we met gareth gareth was on the show last Mm -hmm. week is it strange or coincidence or karma or whatever that someone who's into filmmaking and video production and really wants to, like, my my goal... My, well, yeah, you said... Yeah. I have quite lofty goals. Meant, yeah. I wrote a bucket list, didn't I? Do you remember when I wrote that bucket list and I wrote down the five things I'm going to do in my life and one of the top ones on there was I will win a war award for a film that I have made one day or directed or whatever. And um, I was to write a book. Right. And, and one of yours was to write a book. Um and I, I thought I'd do and, it. and the thing is, though, do you know what? Th- this is how my mind works. Is I've just said that I feel young as hell right now. So now I'm looking at 45, thinking at 45, I'm still going to be dead young at 45. So if I work really, really mentally now for the next five years, next ten years, to work on some short films and uh, really sort of get my craft over the next four or five years of becoming a filmmaker, then the dream of one day being a big film director and having something that, that smashes Netflix is possible. And in my head, the way my head works is, is why is that a pie in the sky dream? Why is it? You tell me why. Why is it? And yeah. just, I know we're going a little bit longer than normal, but you, um, you had an article uh, you mentioned, and, and it's amazing to see that some of the most successful people in the world, whether it's actors, business people, or whatever it is, the number of them that made it in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, some of them 60s. Oh, absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's never, ever too late, one. It's between never... late 20s, let's say, between late 20s and 45. Yeah. The list goes on and let's, on. Yeah. Let's end the show with this, because I think, I think this is like a really poignant thing, and if, if we can encourage anybody uh, listening to the podcast to go out, have a go at something new, or rekindle some old... Uh, hobby that you used to have and share it in the group and show us what you used to get up to it'd be amazing okay. uh, but let's leave them with this i've got a little list for you uh people that were nowhere near making it until they were at least 26 plus yeah 
Stephen King, Tina Fey, Oprah Winfrey, Vincent van Gogh, J.K. Rowling, Harrison Ford, Ang Lee, Vera Wang, designer, obviously, Stan Lee, Alan Rickman, Samuel L. Jackson, Morgan Freeman, Catherine Bigelow, I could go on and on. There's so many. Can you just There's go? So could you just go back to something just for a second? Could you just go back to uh, Morgan Freeman and Samuel L. Jackson? Look at their ages that they made it when they actually landed their first major job. Yeah, you say you say made they were they were doing the work. Forty six and fifty two, respectively. Yeah, and and that just kind of proves the point. Catherine Bigelow, uh, Hurt Locker. Yeah. Award-winning Oscar oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She didn't direct that until she was 57. See, I've got loads of time on. <laughs> loads of time. You watch me. You, you're going to write some because that's the important bit because I can't write shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so my, uh, my hopes and dreams are all pinned on uh, collaborating with a writer. So it's funny that fate should lead us to the point where we were working in the same room and now doing a podcast together and then one day making an award-winning movie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you the, go. The gauntlet is is uh, well and truly laid down. But then we'll see. We'll do this journey together and we'll see what happens. But for now, we'll just keep hanging around the corner. Yeah, I'll catch you on the corner. Okay.